Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. And suddenly, suddenly, there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host. Philip McCrary, my 67-year-old seminary student, writes, it is the sudden, unanticipated explosion of God into history that catches my imagination. Can God suddenly explode into my life? Actually, does this happen all the time? Philip has emailed me his homework questions rather than answers, and then he digs even deeper and answers his own questions. I think that it does happen all the time, maybe not that dramatically, but it happens all the time, all the time. God is suddenly breaking into my mundane life if I would only notice it. I'm like those shepherds going through the routines of life, sort of numb and inattentive, and then suddenly God shocks me out of my stupor. I email him back, A plus. <laughs> call it God, call it love, call it the spirit of life. Maybe it's the heavenly host, or maybe it's a baby. Maybe it's the stunning impact of blinding glory, or maybe it's something vulnerable, something that needs us. When we pay attention, there it is, suddenly inexplicably shocking us out of our stupor. Can we quiet our cynicism and amplify our willingness to be surprised? Can we find the courage to break out of the prison that limits our expectations? Can we open ourselves to the possibility that the sky is not the limit, that all we know of heaven is here before us. Author Charles Caldwell tells the true story of a man who drives his very nice car to a business meeting in a not very nice neighborhood and leaves it not without trepidation. When he returns, he finds a boy gazing at his car in wonder, looking but not touching. And the man asks, like my car? The boy responds, Mr., I think it's the most beautiful car I've ever seen. And they stand there together, admiring the car. It's quiet. The man says, my brother gave me that car. Wow, says the boy. Huh. Do you know what I wish, mister? 
The man thought he knew, and maybe we all think we know, too. What's this boy wishing? What do you wish, the man asks. I wish, said the boy, I wish I could be a brother like that. And suddenly, suddenly, love shocks us out of our stupor. My colleagues and I swap war stories about the worst weddings ever. <laughs> Two of us told a version of this story. On Friday nights, the parish hall downstairs is filled with our neighbors who are hungry and homeless, enjoying supper. Years ago, I agreed to do a wedding rehearsal on a Friday night. When the father of the bride arrived, having met some of our guests in the alley parking lot, and learned what was going on, he became incensed. They were drunk, he began, and drugged and crazy and dirty. He was paying good money for this celebration and on no uncertain terms did those people have any right to be anywhere nearby. Right out of central casting. <laughs> Red in the face, his voice got louder and louder and his poor, lovely daughter was so far beyond embarrassed, mortified, so deeply ashamed and upset. We hadn't even begun and the rehearsal was already a disaster. To make matters worse, the building was full. The Honeywell Chapel and the Frothingham Library were booked and it was bitter cold and treacherously icy outside. So though by no means ideal to get to the sanctuary and line up for the processional, it made the most sense to go downstairs and walk through the parish hall. I led the way with the father of the bride on my heels, his hot rage scorching my back. At the advice of her wedding planner to do a dress rehearsal light, the bride was wearing her long veil and white shoes and was carrying a fake bouquet. At the bottom of the long staircase, we paused outside the parish hall. The father's face was stony, distorted by rage. His daughter on his arm, distraught. I opened the doors to the room where our guests sat at long tables relishing their beautiful meal. As we entered, everyone looked up and the chatter subsided. The sound of knives and forks clanking against plates stopped. There was a collective intake of breath and someone said, oh. So beautiful. And then someone else began to clap. And then they were all clapping. The applause was thunderous. And they stood in their places and shouted, bravo and congratulations. It had been a long time since any of them had been invited to a wedding. Rising to the occasion, the beautiful bride smiled and waved at them like royalty. 
something I thought between a wave and a blessing. And suddenly, all the rage left her father's face. And he too was smiling and waving. <laughs> and for just a moment, they paused in the center of the room to receive their standing ovation in all their glory. And then we continued upstairs. And all was well. And suddenly, suddenly, there was with the angel a heavenly host saying, on earth, peace, goodwill to all people. Maybe it's something glorious, or maybe it's something vulnerable, something that needs us, something that we need. God breaks in. One more story. This is Naomi Shihab Nye. Wandering around the Albuquerque airport terminal after learning that my flight had been detained for four hours, I heard an announcement. If anyone in the vicinity of gate 4A understands any Arabic, please come to the gate immediately. Well, one pauses these days. But gate 4A was my gate, and I went. An older woman in full traditional Palestinian embroidered dress, just like my grandma wore, was crumpled to the floor, wailing loudly. Help, said the flight service person. We told her the flight was going to be late, and she did this. Talk to her. What is the problem? Naomi Shahibnai continues, I stooped to put my arm around the woman and spoke to her haltingly. Shudawa. The minute she heard any word she knew, however poorly spoken, she stopped crying. She needed to be in El Paso for major medical treatment the next day. She thought the flight had been entirely canceled. I said, you're fine. You'll get there. Who's picking you up? Let's call him. We called her son, and I spoke with him in English. I told him I would stay with his mother till we got on the plane and would ride next to her southwest. <laughs> she talked to him, and then we called her other sons just for fun. And then we called my dad, and he and she spoke for a while in Arabic and found out, of course, that they had 10 shared friends. And then I thought, just for the heck of it, why not call some Palestinian poets I know and let them chat with her? You know, this all took about two hours, and she was laughing a lot by then, telling about her life, patting my knee, answering questions. She had pulled a sack of homemade mamul cookies out of her bag, those little powdered sugar crumbly mounds stuffed with dates and nuts, and was offering them to all the women at the gate. To my amazement, not a single woman declined one. It was like a sacrament. The traveler from Argentina, the mom from California, 
the lovely woman from Laredo, we were all covered in the same powdered sugar and smiling. There is no better cookie. And then the airline broke out free beverages from huge coolers and two little girls from our flight ran around serving us all apple juice. They were covered with powdered sugar too. And I noticed that my new best friend, by now we were holding hands, she had a potted plant sticking out of her bag, some medicinal thing with green furry leaves. Such an old country traveling tradition. Always carry a plant, always stay rooted somewhere. And I looked around that gate of late and weary ones and I thought, this is the world I want to live in. This shared world. Once the crying of confusion had ended, not a single person in that gate seemed apprehensive about any other person. They took the cookies. I wanted to hug all those other women. This can still happen anywhere. Not everything is lost. And suddenly, suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Can God, can love, can the spirit of life suddenly explode into our lives? It happens all the time. Maybe not that dramatically, but it happens all the time, all the time. God is suddenly breaking into our lives if we would only notice it. Maybe it's the heavenly host. And maybe it's a baby, something that needs us, something that we need. Beloved spiritual companions, it can happen in a rough neighborhood or a church basement or an airport. It can happen with a little boy or the guests at a soup kitchen or an elderly woman. Let us pay attention and notice. May we open our minds and our hearts and our hands. Open to the possibilities of love. On this holy night, may we be shocked out of our stupor. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Let every heart prepare. Amen.